Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And keeping track of all the animals in his neighborhood while trying to solve a neighborhood mystery, what he discovers is more than just an appreciation for the natural world. The idea for this book came from Wayne Saunders' own childhood experiences, growing up and exploring the woods and streams and lakes and ponds of his native New Hampshire. The love of nature instilled in his childhood led him to a career as a conservation officer. Wayne Saunders is a retired lieutenant conservation officer from the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. Lindsay Webb is a naturalist, wildlife biologist, and environmental educator. Together, they collaborated with wildlife artist Ashley Mares to produce The Cowboy in the Woods, the story of a boy whose love of nature leads him in unexpected directions. Available at wardenswatch.com and Amazon. Warden's Watch Podcast is now on Patreon, combining the Thin Green Line Podcast and the Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon to bring member-exclusive extra content, both video, audio, and with product deals as well. Become a member to support our podcast and get something extra. Search Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Life-threatening illnesses and disabilities affect far too many of our children each year. While we cannot change the circumstance, we can make dreams come true. Dreams to provide hope, to provide spiritual healing and strength, to provide moments of happiness and relief in the hardest of times. We can give a glimmer of light and hope in a time of darkness and despair. Join huntofalifetime.org to help make dreams come true, to provide hope for children with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nonprofit organization fulfilling dreams for hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under with life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. Visit huntofalifetime.org to learn how you can make a difference. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experiences of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Brought to you in part by Maine Operation Game Thief, New Hampshire Wildlife Heritage Foundation, International Wildlife Crime Stoppers, and 
the North American Game Warden Museum. Welcome to Warden's Watch, episode 110. Going to do some switching around. My plan was to continue with the series on the Michigan, but we must spent the month of July in the state of Utah. And what a great time it was. It was an epic time. So from a week of vacation in Moab to going to the International Game Warden Conference in Provo, Utah, to heading up towards Park City for the International Wildlife Crime Stoppers Conference, at which point I was appointed the director of that group. So I was the interim director and I took the directorship. So you'll be hearing more about that in the in the near future for sure. Um, but Utah, wow. If you haven't been there, go there, experience it. What a really cool place. Moab was uh, very intense. We tried to do it all in a week, and you really can't do it all in a week. But those things that we did, we did some canyoneering, we did some rappelling, we did some zip lining, we rented a side-by-side off-road capable UTV, and uh, what an epic time <laughs> driving that around. Uh, something that I never experienced going across what they call a the slick rock out there. You know, as game wardens, we are trained in how to drive these ATVs, and we put them through their paces a lot. And I will say, I haven't put them through the paces like I did in Moab ever before. Uh, it was just for anybody that goes out there, that is a really cool way to experience that Red Rock region. Yeah, so it was a, a really great opportunity. And one of the great opportunities I had is this this podcast coming up, and I felt compelled to interrupt my series on Michigan to talk about the International Game Warden Association, formerly known as NAWIA, or incorporated it as it, because we run a conference. And it goes across the country, goes across Canada. Next year, it's going to be in British Columbia. I sat down with two guys with two different types of experiences, as well as myself, and we sat on uh, Ethan Justinger's front porch, and we did a podcast. We did three podcasts. We did a group podcast with three of us, uh, Ethan and Chris Gilkey from Ohio, and we sat down and we talked about the conference, and that's what I wanted to share with listeners today. A, with other game wardens that weren't able to attend, to inspiring game wardens, and to the general public. So you know when we go out there, we have fun, we play hard, and we train hard as well. So you understand how we do it in in some aspect. So it was just a good time and an opportunity to sit down on Ethan's front porch of his new house. And I will tell you, it's kind of a crazy little place. Um, Being a new house, it was kind of empty, so it was kind of echoey. And I said, yeah, I don't like this area for the sound quality. So we went out on his front porch and it was started off really good. And I'm going to call it trains, planes, and automobiles because it, it was a construction zone. So you may hear the beeping in the background. You may not. I tried to filter out what I could. You are definitely going to hear the Apache helicopters doing a touch and go during this podcast because there's an airport apparently close by too. So there's a train station that goes by, blows its horn. There are cars going by. There's a construction zone. And then we have Apache helicopters doing touch and goes, which uh, just kind of blew my mind because when we started, it was really good quality audio. And I intentionally left the the Apache helicopters because we talk a, a little bit about them so you can hear that a little bit. So I I hope you feel like you are sitting on Ethan's front porch and in this conversation as well. That's kind of what this is designed for. Chris Gilkey's idea, as we had already canned two podcasts, one with Ethan and one with Chris, about one of his cases. And he's like, why don't we talk about the conference that we were just at? Because each one of us had a great time. Utah hosted this year. Ethan was instrumental in the conference uh, from the backside, and Chris and I got to experience it on different levels uh, with our families and such. So it was a great time to sit down and talk about everything that the conference uh, provided and to expose maybe officers that haven't been there before that listen to the podcast or just let the public know 
what the North American Wildlife Officers Association does. Now it's called International Game Warden Association, which I think is a great name for it. Again, appreciate you listening to Warden's Watch, and I like to expose you know all the listeners to everything Game Warden uh, to get the backstage of the Northwoods Law, the Lone Star Law, some of the real stories you don't hear that you can experience probably only through the Warden's Watch podcast. So enjoy this one. And sorry I've been gone for a month traveling and we've been a little slack at popping out podcasts. My fault. It's summertime. It's so hard to sit in my basement and do this when it's nice out. It wasn't so nice in New Hampshire when I was in Utah. They got a lot of rain. I could have spent that time here, but uh, I'm kind of happy that I was out in the sun uh, in Utah and experiencing everything Utah has to offer. Enjoy this podcast as normally I did. Thank you for listening. On this Warden's Watch, we're going to do a little talk with Ethan Justinger and Chris Gilkey. We're going to have a kind of a back and forth type thing, and then you guys are going to hear their podcast individually after. But we kind of want to talk about Nauia, because here we are in Utah, and it kind of brought us all together. And let's face it, uh, Nauia brought, you know, first Ethan and I, we met in Nashville, made that connection. And then Chris Gilkey and I have been to, to so many events together and just haven't connected. And then we connected at this year's Nauia in Provo, Utah. And then we had an opportunity to sit down on Ethan's front porch and do some podcasting, which we had some really fun stories, really good times. But it's kind of cool. You got the old retired game warden does podcasting. We got the, the young buck with five years on Ethan in Utah. And we got Chris with 18 years out of Ohio. And we're sitting down and, and telling game warden stories. And you know what connected us? Now we had connected us, which International Game Warden Association. So, and that's what it's now we stands for the North American Wildlife Law Enforcement Officers Association. Did I get that right, man? I it's, like it's the international. Yeah, I, I like the is. International Game Warden. Uh, association. So. It's even it's even harder when you're trying to get sponsorships, like trying to do the like yeah. North American Wildlife Enforcement Officers Associations. Like, yeah. yes, are you still with me after I said that? So. <laughs> and I'm all about branding too. I have learned through Warden's Watch, brand, 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 brand. Simple is better. But that's what we do is kind of Warden's Watch because I love when people say I've never been checked by a game warden. I'm like, yep, but you never know if you've been watched by a game warden because we do a lot of that before we affect some kind of action. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And you've learned that out in Utah here because there's there's a lot of open land, right? Yeah, you can get the old long eyes out Mm. and and do a lot of watching too. And, you know, you start to – you start to get a, a good grasp on watching people and thinking if they have fishing licenses or not, you know, mm. just based on how they're casting. Right. So, yeah, you can be a little bit more specific and stuff like that. and Or you can just go and talk to, you know, you can have a day where you're like, yep, I'm going to go out and be seen. And then you just check every, fi- every single fishing license. and <laughs> Or you have days where you're watching that fisherman for four hours and you get an over limit or, you know, something like that where they're taking fish back to their car or something like that too so it's i say the same thing when i when i uh run into people out on the river and they're like oh yeah i've never been checked i was like yeah you might not have been ever been checked but you've been seen Mm -hmm. so you agree chris oh absolutely i mean we spend so much of our our time sitting back and watching people and like he said you know watching people cast or if you've ever seen anybody with an open face you know, reeling it upside down, you know, that's, that's what we call a clue. Yeah. 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 We we call that a clue or you watch, you watch them fish. And then when you, you go to approach them, I mean, I've had people throw poles in the water before. (laughs) I mean, me too. Yeah. It just, it cracks me up. Ethan, have you had anybody throw a pole in the water yet? I haven't had them throw them in the water. They say, yeah, because you will. Yeah. Yeah. They, they set them down or, oh, (laughs) those are my kids fishing pole. And I was like, I've been watching you for you know, 30 minutes and your kid's over there playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. So. And that's the reason why we do what we do, you know, sit back and watch so we can document, you know, yeah. we, we want to be sure that we put a good case together. And, and uh, I, I like, like the term you just said, old, old long eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so I had a sergeant when he retired, the only thing he wanted was these beat up 
pair of binoculars. And if you guys know you use bug spray and the DEET just eats the plastic away, mm -hmm. these things were shredded. And to me, they were a piece of junk. And I said, Mike, Mike Moody was my sergeant's name. I said, why do you want those binoculars? He goes, because of the things I've seen through them, Wayne. Yeah. Were they Steiners? Cause I they remember. were Steiners. Yes. Okay. Because I, I started with a pair of a brand new Steiners and mm. a little bit of DEET and, uh, and they just, they Disintegrated. milled. Yeah. This was a lot of DEET for <laughs> Is, a lot of years. What do you think happens to your skin when you do that? Oh, oh yeah. Thanks, let's thanks not that talk everybody. about that. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny though? You know, you mentioned, you mentioned those deteriorating and, and immediately a game warden. You know, Steiners. Auto, yeah, Steiners. Yeah. Absolutely. Great binos. Oh, incredible binos. binos. It's just that rubber coating just does not hold up to the uh, the deep. The they deep. should deep protect it or something. And th now they're making new stuff, but I haven't tested it. I don't dare destroy that stuff because it's mine now, not the department's. Yeah, <laughs> understood, understood. <laughs> and, not, and I don't wear even a fraction of the bug spray that I used to because let's let, we used to lather up with that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, and sit in the bushes and watch fishermen and, yeah. Yeah, it's funny because when you get around bugs now, I mean, I'm not swatting it at all and everything, and everybody is like, how are you, you know, dealing with this? I'm sure you guys are doing the Just same thing. Just used to it, yeah. Well, Thermosel, I, it's a uh, game. The Thermosel has been a game changer, you know. It's they need like, to be a sponsor on Warden's uh, Watch. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely, they yeah. should, because I don't I don't know a wildlife officer back where we're come, where we come from. You know, you're sitting in the in the humidity and the weeds, and you're mm -hmm. watching people fish, wait, waiting hours on end to get them to throw a beer bottle or litter, and... and with that thermosel, it's a game changer. I it can is. I can sit there and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I liked it so much. I went out and bought one of my own. You know, yeah. when I first got issued one. I have like so. three. So yeah, so mm -hmm. I think you need to get on that. Yeah, no, I would agree. Thermocells are great, great products. And you know, just was Nashville your first now, Ethan? Yep, yep, it was my first one last now, year. Now, did you go because you were guys were hosting the the following year? So basically, our our agency supports Noia like quite a bit, and mm -hmm. so each year um, we have a officer of the year, like statewide, and yep. then we have five regions in the state. Um, so I was nominated as our regional officer of the year. Gotcha. And so each regional officer of the year gets to go to Noia. So they, nice. our agency sends five. However, with COVID, we had kind of this mm. backlog of, you know, officers that were waiting to go. So I think it was three years that Nuia was pushed off wow. because of COVID. Mm -hmm. It was either two or three years, but we had, you know, 15 officers that were eligible to go. And so basically they kind of had to do, do a draw system. And I was mm. lucky enough to get drawn to go to that conference. And then I was also, you know, I was also going to, be used as kind of the hospitality chair. Mm -hmm. So it was very good for me to go to get a gauge on how it works and ultimately just fall in love with the idea of that association. I mean, I think we all can agree it's so cool walking into a room with 300 game wardens where you can just walk in there, be comfortable, sit down, and just start telling stories with one another. And then you start to find out how much is in common. You know, even though uh, Chris is over in Ohio, we're dealing with the same issues mm -hmm. over here. So just that networking side. And, you know, if I, if I didn't go there, I think Chris is going to allude to this later, but they talk about doing an officer exchange program. But Chris and I... You kind of put that on speed dial yeah, or we something, made, you know? we made our own officer exchange mm -hmm. program. So just just the networking. I mean, it's it certainly takes a specific officer to get outside of their comfort zone mm -hmm. and be willing to make those type of relationships. But you know, like I feel like I have an open invitation to go to Ohio and hunt whitetail, and anybody that wants to come Utah from Noia knows to talk to me, and I can definitely facilitate that. Yeah. For so. Sure. Because we all love hunting and we all love what we do. So. Yeah, and you, you definitely guided me. I came a week early and went to Moab and I picked your brain where to go, what to do. And yeah, that was that was really good. So yeah. what, what a resource for a, a young officer sure, totally. to start off. Because Chris, when did you start? What was your first conference for the International Game Warden Association? Yeah. I'm going to keep saying that. So <laughs> so we, we actually get re regurgitated into that. <laughs> so it's, I'm embarrassed to say that last year in Tennessee... Really? So, kind of like Ethan, um, we have created an award through the union, um, mm -hmm. Fraternal Order Police Lodge 143, which is our wildlife officer's lodge. So, we created an award where you have to be nominated by one of your peers, mm -hmm. and you get nominated by a write-up, and then 
your peers and the retired officers vote uh, who gets that award. And I was blessed enough to get that FOP Wildlife Officer of the Year award. And what happens is my, my agency has never sent, uh, I think maybe a couple of times they've sent somebody to Nauwea, but mm-hmm. the, our lodge and our Game Protectors Association were actual, the actual members of Nauwea. So when I got Officer of the Year, our union was able to pay for a majority of my cost to go to Nashville. Nice. So I took it. That was, that's part of what you, what you get awarded to you is they help pay your expenses and stuff. So I went to Nashville and that's, that was my first time. And even though I was there with a group of Ohio, I literally was adopted by Utah. So <laughs> I just, and here's my thing about, and I, and I recommend this to anybody. I'm a social butterfly and, and I've made so many friends, but now we have, that is my wheelhouse. Mm. All of those people. And you could go, like Ethan said, table to table, you know, and you're in Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, and you're talking to these guys and it's just great. So I literally spent very little time with my Ohio guys and I spent time with Ethan and the Utah crew. And, you know, we went out to dinner together, but you know, him and I, him and I kind of formed this friendship and, you know, I looked at him like, it's like, man, I remember I remember having like five years on, like he reminded me so much of myself mm. and we just clicked and, and our, uh, our enthusiasm, uh, you know, we're, as you've spent some time with us together. Like we're go, 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 go. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if the podcast can handle us both together here. So. Oh, we're going to handle it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got this. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was my first, that was my first one. And before I left Nashville, I told Mike and Sean and the guys from Utah, uh, they was like, we'll see you next year. And I was like, I'm in. And, and I, I, I couldn't have meant it more. So I came out here uh, for this week and Ethan's like, Hey, you want to, you know, the week before the conference, they're so busy in the week at the conference. And he offered me to stay at his place another week. So, uh, we've been here this week. I've got to see, you know, what he does. We've done some fishing, you, you name it, we've got to do it. We, we installed a, a a shower door here. Um, so yeah, I th- they, they said to me, "You want to see a picture of me and Ethan in the shower together?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, not really." And then they saw it anyway. They saw the, their completed construction. I was very relieved. Okay, yeah. So, we he yeah. just moved into this place, and we've been we've been building some furniture, hooking up Wi-Fi. So you know, it's. It's and hence, we're sitting on his front porch, and you're probably hearing the beeping in the background, occasional plane. But I'll tell you what, the backdrop of this, these mountains, oh. Chris, I mean, huh. uh, you know, I, I, I'm from mountainous area, 6,000 footers, not, not Ethan, 16. Those are, ele- those are about 11. 11, okay. Yep. And Snow I'm, on them in And I'm July. from the rolling hills, you know. I'm from the foothills of the Appalachians. Which, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, but I'm sitting, he took me up in the mountains the other day, and and. I'm walking in snow. Yeah. And yeah. So for us East Coast guys, it's like. It's beautiful. So to be able to do this, and you know, they do the warden exchange, but like mm. you said, we kind of created our own. So I've been out here, you know, I take off uh, Thursday to, to, to go up to Montana to see some family and it's just been great. But that's, that's the beauty behind Nauwea. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, talking to one of the guys in Wyoming, like, hey, you want to come here? And he wants to come East and hunt deer, turkey. Like, I've just never... I've never been a part of something where everybody is on the same page. And I feel right. like everybody in that room is dedicated wildlife officers. Like I always say there's a difference between a wildlife officer and a game warden. And, and what I mean by that is, is we used to be called game wardens and they changed it to wildlife officers. And mm-hmm. I think anybody gets hired on as a wildlife officer, but in my opinion, whether you're a real game warden or not, that's determined by the performance you do when you're in the field. And I think the game warden is an endearing term that's earned. And when I walk into Nauwea, I'm surrounded by game wardens. And, man, that's just a great feeling. I mean, it really, really is. So I'm, I'm ashamed that it was my first. And Lord willing and the, and the, Lord willing and the creeks don't rise. You know, I'm going to be at BC next year. And I'll be at the one after that. And I'll continue to network and meet, meet these people and these friends. And anybody listen that has never been to Nauwea. Yeah. Like, and this is, this is a great way to outreach, too. And I'm going to fill in that middle, too, because when I first came on, I was at a couple of Nauwea's in St. Louis and Albany. Um, those are the ones I remember. And then, you know, life gets busy. You have family and everything. But then I started taking my family once I retired to Nauwea. And my son has made some, you know, incredible game warden friends 
that you know they they experience the same thing that the other kids that have you know that grow up in game warden houses too so again they're from similar backgrounds and they seem to mesh extremely well even my wife has met game warden wives and has meshed extremely well so it's a it's a family gathering and when you do have a family it's it's pretty expensive for an east coast guy to travel out west but now we have bounces around the country. So if it's three or four or five states away, you know, load the family up in the SUV or the van or whatever and take some time so your kids get to meet other game warden kids and have that grounding, that networking. And they do network now with their Snapchats and, and every other, you know, tool that they have electronically because my son stays connected with these game warden kids throughout the year and it, and it's amazing the way they they talk now and relate to each other which is is, is really important i think for game warden families to, to have that you know that commonality you bring up a great point about the family aspect of it because mm. oftentimes like when you talk about the wives and the girlfriends or or, or sometimes it's husbands you mm-hmm. know the, the husbands that are married you know to a, to a female wildlife officer we're hard to love I mean, let's let's face it. Lee Bryce, hard to, hard to love. Yeah. I mean, well put. What other what other o- occupation? You know, hey, well I'll, I'll be home at six six p.m. and then six a.m. you roll in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. they and we're out there working nights and it's a dangerous job and and you know they they put a lot of worry about what we're doing and and let's face it, wildlife law enforcement is the most dangerous form of law enforcement in the country. Mm-hmm. You're ten times more likely to be assaulted as killed or killed as a wildlife officer statistically than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we oftentimes, I don't think people realize this, we oftentimes sacrifice things with our family for the resource or for other people. And that's, it takes a very special person to be okay sometimes with being put in the back burner. So when you do get a chance to bring them to Nawia and let them talk to the other wives, mm. and can we, I mean, how do we not mention the warden spawns? <laughs> yes, I mean, the warden the spawns. Warden spawns. Yeah. During the game warden games this year, Wayne's boy and the and the Finnegan brothers. Yeah, the Finnegan brothers. Yeah, Rick Finnegan. And, from, and there was a Utah boy in there too, I believe. Or no, Nebraska. I take that say, back. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. their yeah. their four man team. They had yeah. they had outfits and <clears throat> they took it seriously. Too. They did. They wanted to beat their their yeah the other game wardens competing. Some of their fathers. <laughs> yeah, and you could see like you see them got kids interact and just like what you said like. It's so great. And then the other mm. wardens get to see him. And, you know, like Rick's kids, I've got to know him and, and your son. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, it, it, it can easily be a family event. Mm. Absolutely. And they do a lot of events. You know, like Utah uh, did a great job this year. You know, they did a sip and paint thing yeah, for the wives. They and did, and the wives loved it. And there yeah. was a water park, um, some there stuff. Was. For the kids, we did, a, we did a water park the last day, and then we also did a woman's self-defense oh, class. Wait, wait, wait a second. You said we did a water park. Did you go to the water park? I didn't. I didn't get a chance oh, to. Oh, I was, I was going to be like, no, you Sean, devil. <laughs> Sean, Sean did. Sean, Sean did. Sean, okay. Sean deserved it. Yep, Sean you looked, actually deserved it, too. Sean looked at me at the end of the week Friday. He was pretty burnt out, and he's like, Hey man, I'm uh I'm gonna go to the uh, I'm gonna go to the water park and be a dad. And I yeah. said, "You go ahead, man." Oh. So yeah, he got three hours, four hours playing with his kids in the water, and mm-hmm. you know he deserves every minute of it because that is no small feat to run that conference. I mean, I'm glad that we did it and tried to facilitate the best opportunities we c- that we could to kind of showcase Utah and just. Because because we've had so much agency support, we wanted to really knock it out of the park with trainings, you know, having cool trainings. Oh, man, trainings. you guys, yeah, you had trainings like, like crazy trainings, yeah. like all the time, constantly, varieties, yep. some incredible, yeah, incredible trainings. One of the most important trainings that I think that we had was, and Chris got to go to it, so maybe he can talk about it a little bit more. I'm not sure if you got to go, um, but was the Vertra training, I which didn't. is which is basically you set you stand up on a platform, and I think it's 300 degrees mm-hmm. of being able to see, um, you know, of screens, mm-hmm. and they give you a, basically a sim gun. Um, and then I'm not sure if they gave you a taser or not, depending on what you carry probably as an agency. Um, but then they put you into real law enforcement related scenarios and based on what you say and what you interact with that individual, they have different, um, played out scenarios. So it kind of builds on each other. Mm -hmm. So hopefully all the officers were able to take advantage of that training because when we host that training as an agency, I, so I tried to do it twice Mm -hmm. because like, Hey, if this hasn't been 
been filled up. I want to go again because I'd, I'd rather make that mistake in that training setting right. rather than doing it out in the field. 100%. So yeah, we had one of those trainings. Unfortunately, the only training that I wanted to go to and I went to the first half was Colorado's training of the taser use on wildlife. Yeah, because, so interesting. Because I have a lot of nuisance issues with moose mm-hmm. and everything up in my district. And that's like, man, I want to see it work. But after I heard them and they gave me my business card because they saw that I had to go run out and do some hospitality stuff and other conference things. But they gave me my business, their business card and was like, hey, we saw that you were interested in this training. However, you weren't able to do it. Give me a call anytime and I'll give you the whole training just for yourself. Very cool. But then they kind of scared me a little bit because they said moose have a 50% charge rate after tasing them. Ooh, yeah. So I, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I'm as interested in yeah, tasing the moose. 50-50 chance. <laughs> so I took that. I took you that did. training. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Vircher too. And, and even going back, like, you know, Ethan was part of the conference and and I'm I'm just gonna say that anybody that didn't attend or anybody did attend, like you know, he may not say this, but I'm gonna say it for him. Utah knocked it out of the park. I, I mean, would say that U- Utah's training entertainment. They did such a great job, and I, I don't think you could attend the bad Nauwea. Like all, all the Nauweas, mm-hmm. you know, are, are they bring are, something different. They're they're all awesome, but I I can say that these Utah guys and gals, you know, they busted their butt. The mm-hmm. trainings were great. The food was great. Um, so. You know, Ethan sitting here from Utah and anybody from Utah listening, like I, I, I think you guys did a phenomenal job. So they may not, they may be, may be modest about it, but I won't. Like I was, I was impressed. They did, a, did an awesome job mm-hmm. in the Bircher training. Yeah, I went to it, got to ten with another officer, and uh, it was, it was, it was intense. Like it was great. Like I loved it. I will say that that taser pack that they give you that lets you know if you took a round, it's, it's pretty intense too. I had it in my back pocket and. The first time that uh that someone uh, actually put a round on me, I I I felt like you know the real deal. Uh, I felt like I got lit up. I felt like someone put a taser on my my back pocket and let it fly. Mm. But like you said, when do you want to make those mistakes in training? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know you want to make those mistakes in training because it makes you a better officer. And if you're going to do it, that's when. But but the taser training, I, I did see that, and I did see that the fifty percent. But that was, they also said that could be regional because in other parts that they've tried it, there there wasn't a 50%. They think that Colorado may have been more because there's not as many apex predators around those versus other areas that maybe not have as as much fear, but... I but, don't uh, think they'd be much different here. Nah, this cowboy, this cowboy right here can do it. I, I have, I have no doubt. It would make a great video. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, make don't. sure you send that to me. Yeah. <laughs> and he, getting back to the families, Ethan, uh, you, you took a brave step here in, in inviting your girlfriend to come to a Nauia conference. Yep, so. yep, I did, and she, she was kind of hesitant. She was almost even hesitant on Chris because uh, Chris was talking to me on the phone on speaker before coming out. Chris is kind of a wild card when when you hear him talking. Um, So she was kind of like, she wasn't sure on him. But, uh, you know, she, after the first night, um, was our Western theme night that she came out for. Mm. Um, And we actually had the bull elk drawing that she... She luckily won, so I'm I'm pretty excited about yeah, you that. Couldn't, that her enthusiasm was uh, incredible. Tough to yeah, beat. Yeah. It was tough to beat. I don't know who screamed louder, <laughs> her or her dad. But, uh, <laughs> I think Chris. I think Chris had a front row. Yeah, yeah. Alex, Ooh. Alex, and I was. Uh, we was and like Ethan said, yeah, he would call me and. I'd be on speaker and I'd be like, man, I'm so, I'm so pumped to get up here and I'm just going a mile a minute. And yeah. and when I finally got to meet her, she's like, she's like, I heard you on the phone. She's like, I was just like, wow, he's like, go, go, go. And so, but since then we've spent so much time together and, uh, you know, I bought her ice cream, so I've won her over now. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're cool. But, <laughs> but yeah, so when she won that, we were standing beside each other talking. And she let out a scream, and oh, I heard I'm, it. I'm pretty sure I lost 10 percent hearing. <laughs> I, I bet you did in my right ear. But you know what? Like, just just to see it go down, and like, man, that's awesome. And then you know, he's super excited about being able to take her on that hunt, and she's super excited about going. And like he said, you know, her 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 parents are are super stoked about it. And and again, that that circles back. It's a now we like you know yeah. what a, what a family event and. 
Yeah, man, I can't. I can't wait to see that. Uh, you know, Ethan's elk in, in here in the wall is pretty nice, right? Oh yeah, yeah that's what, beauty. I don't know if they're gonna have room for her big six by six. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I, I bet it's bigger. I bet so. <laughs> I hope. I hope it is. I hope it is. I have no problem with that. But but circling back, like the end of that night, we kind of talked about it, and she's like, same feeling as I have about walking into that room is, you know. Sh- she just likes talking to everybody and she can, she comes from her, her dad has a law enforcement background. So she kind of knows and going back to your conversation earlier about, you know, they, they respect what we do and they understand and they probably don't get enough gratitude for that. Um, because it's kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be home later. I don't know what time, I don't know what I'm going to get into, but like, don't wait up or whatever so she understands that which is i'm i'm fortunate for and have a lot of support Mm -hmm. from her you know she just she just said she was like that is just such a cool feeling and a cool vibe walking into that room just knowing that you have something in common with all of those officers whether you're a warden your game warden there or whether you're a spouse girlfriend or a family member you know Mm -hmm. i think I think in Utah, we, we put emphasis on families. So that's what we wanted to do. So families were able to come to the wet, hospitality mm. nights. And I think one of the coolest things that we had was the mechanical bowl yes. that night where we did some competition. <laughs> the kids and, loved yeah, that, and whether I think, they were 18 yeah, or 8. I think the female winner, the young lady that mm-hmm. won it, she had the longest bowl ride out of everybody. So, you know, it's just... We, we want to include everybody and we want everybody to love Noia the way that we love it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just be super passionate about it because right. all it takes is one to mm-hmm. be like, yeah, yep, I'm going, takes, yeah. I'm going to that the rest of my life. And, and Alex is the same way. She's like, yeah, that's cool. That is just mm-hmm. a cool training. It's cool people to be around. And, you know, you just, you're just around good people. Yeah. And it's, it's unbelievable. Like the amount of people that, just walk up to you and, and you know, and, and the camaraderie or congratulating you on something, your achievements and different things like that. And then something I Yeah, because you, you won like uh, a two awards? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was just crazy. So, I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. Super, and there was a surprise. Super, yeah. Super surprised. Um, jaw-dropping moment. Very humbling. Uh, and what were they? Because you're too humble yeah, to we're, say. Yeah, we're going to so talk about you. the awards a little bit. Yeah. So, I got the um, the Loyal Canine Partner Award. I'm a canine handler, and I'm the lead trainer and handler of Ohio's program, which I'm very blessed to be. And then I got uh, one of the, the Achievement Award so I, mm. it's like kind of like the the constellation prize for getting nominated for the officer of the year, but not getting it. And and what, what's crazy is is it's it's almost every, like you know so many people in that room deserve that award. Mm-hmm. That that's what I mean by that. Like it like when when I you know I got the canine award and I just I literally I was to be honest I was scrolling through my phone looking at something texting somebody and and they said my name and you just know that you're up against the best of the best. And it, and I, I I know that there's other officers in that room that are more deserving or just deserving as I am. So you feel blessed that you got nominated. You feel blessed to get that vote. But but it's it's humbling. I, and I'm and I'm I'm a talker, and you guys know that. But I'm glad I didn't have to talk and say anything because I was a little choked up at the fact that you know you get you get recognized for for what you do. And there's people that go their whole career that don't get that recognition. And so I like to be humble about that stuff. And I, I'm well, very, I, I think you've addressed it before. Sometimes it's the person that takes the effort to put you in for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I found out, you know, I found out who actually had nominated me, who, who's been on this podcast, uh, Kurt Kiefer. No, yet. And, <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not yet. He's coming. He's coming. And you guys are in for a treat, but just, just the fact working with him, like the fact that he would think enough to put me in for it, that, that's the honor, like honestly for me. But, but besides that, we'll, we'll get off that. I'd rather give credit to all the people who work the youth room. Yes. Nobody ever seen those people, mm. but for those of you listening, they do a youth room and they got little kids in there. They're entertaining. And Kelly is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I, I never, I just seen them passing, yeah. but I, you know, shout out to those guys because. And man, girls. And, and girls, girls. That, that are working the youth room because they're keeping the kids entertained. It allows the parents, you know, to kind of go. And you know your kids are in good hands. They're safe. 
And every time I walked by that youth room, those kids were in there giggling, laughing. Mm. So shout out to all those people in Utah that made that happen because yeah. and, in, and any of the other in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Any of yeah, these. It was, I think the room opened, I think, 7 a.m. or yeah. 8 a.m. and went till 11 p.m. My, my yeah. kid was gone like at 8 o'clock and I didn't see him till 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, uh, that definitely deserves recognition. I mean, mm. I, was, I was running around all day every day just like it's just decisions it's like decision after decision after decision let's name some of those tradings because you know of course brody young sticks out in my head he's a keynote speaker to start shot nine times uh utah state uh park officer his story incredibly inspiring incredibly emotional yeah but fills you with hope too and just to to bring that and to bring them where he was, where he went, and to see him today, to stand in front of all of us was an incredible story. Hopefully in the future we'll hear from him on the Warden's Watch podcast is my intent. Totally. So. Yeah, and and yeah, Brody, we kind of had a theme with that, and we brought in Jeff Jones, um, who's a re- retired Utah County Sheriff's Lieutenant, I believe, Sheriff's right. Deputy Lieutenant. And so we kind of went with the theme of, you know, talking about Brody's mm. and then, uh, officer, the follow up. yeah. And yeah. then like mindfulness, staying healthy and just focusing. And, and he uh, had a, you looked at that cowboy up there and he had a different twist of things, yeah. which was kind of refreshing yep. to, to see, see big tough cowboy up there. And then he talked about meditation. I'm like, wait, did I switch the channel? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, know? he's Jeff came to one of our regional trainings, uh, last year and kind of presented the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea came was like, Hey, we need you at Noia. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, I love this. I support this. Like I will definitely come. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think he did a great job and just like getting mindfulness of like how you can get through things or, you know, you're not alone in that. And yeah. I think, I think with, you know, any type of law enforcement, there's that stigma of like, oh, I'm, I'm alpha or I'm tough enough. I don't need to talk to anyone about right. anything. But in, in all reality, there's no shame in discussing anything that's on your mind, 100%. whether, you know, it's, you know, to paint a picture, like doing CPR on a dead guy or something like that, or like, you know, a car accident that's, you know, the car started on fire and that person's, you know, no longer with us because they were trapped in the car. You know, that's, that's traumatic stuff that not everybody gets in a five to nine. And that's mm-hmm. not something that officers need to go through alone. Utah, we have a peer support team that does a great job reaching out if you're in a traumatic experience. Yep, very important. Um, and, you know, you're, they're willing to talk. And, you know, if they need to give you more resources, they're totally for it. And our agency supports it as well. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, it was great to have Jeff and to talk about that, um, yeah. that side of it. And that's that's a big thing for years in law enforcement. You know, you know, we we, we suppress that, but but like it or not, you know, eighteen years I've seen a lot of stuff, and there's been a lot of guys seeing a lot of stuff. Even with five years on, you you can have on a year and see a lot of stuff. But mm-hmm. you know, every one of those big rocks that that we we tackle at this job, you know, whether it be somebody CPR or whatever, I mean, it it takes a little bit from you, mm-hmm. and and it and it really does. And so it's it's important to make. You know, to normalize the fact that, hey, you know, we're, we're not Superman. And as much as we suppress all that stuff and, and you push it back and push it back, you can only push it back so long. And when it comes up, it could be bad. And, you know, to see Brody get up there and talk about that and, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, there wiping away tears. I mean, it, like, his story is just incredible. And uh, a lot of guys that's been in his position, you know, they're incredible stories. But for him to be like, hey, like, I wasn't okay. And, like, you know, this is how it affected me. And, you know, it's it's important. Um, mm. This 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 job, you know, we love it and we give so much to it. And, and sometimes it takes a little bit from you. Right. Um, you know, same way with nurses and EMTs and, and we in Ohio. Dispatchers. I don't oh, yeah. think of my dispatchers because they, you, they get all the trauma. Yeah. yeah. And they can't do anything about it other than help you. So we do in Ohio, we have the same thing. We have an officer support team Mm -hmm. and our administration supported that. And I think we've changed a lot of lives and made some lives better by the fact that someone can just pick up the phone and an officer can come to their house, talk to them or, or whatever. And then that's just between them. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? They never have to divulge what they're going through to anybody, but so those are all great things. And and definitely for those guys to get up there on stage Mm -hmm. and be that vulnerable. Right. 
in front of that many people. And, and coming from Ohio, I think of Kevin Bear. Oh, that having well, done a podcast with him, Kevin Kevin Bear, and then you know one of my handlers is Jason Keller. That that mm, was there. Yes, um, and first I first responder. Yeah, I mean and, first guy on scene. Yeah, and those those guys. I mean those guys are heroes. Yeah, I mean and and Kevin is is you know blessed today to be where he's at, and mm-hmm. and without those guys, it would have never happened. But you know, don't think for a minute that. Being in that situation, it, it takes something away from you. So I think it's great that um, our organizations have things like support teams. And the states that don't have that. Ethan, help. we're sitting on your porch. you got an airport here. you got trains going by. you got excavators. <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else because I see yeah. that mountain over yeah. there full of snow. Yeah. And I can't get enough of Utah before I leave. So. Yeah, the, the Apache helicopter. Yep. Just, uh, yeah, it's, no all, it's all part of the experience. You know, yeah. Utah's exploding, so there's construction going on all over the place. But, hey, part of that construction's got me into this home, so we can get over it. I, sure. I think that you brought that up about the support team. Like any of the officers out there listening whose state does not have that, reach out to Ohio, reach out to Utah, because I, I I think that I think it's time to make that the norm that everybody has that. So, yeah. So I definitely has, uh, has access to it, have it be free, and have it confidential for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great thing, and it started off I think slow for us, and then now the calls just pick up more and more, and that really lets you know how guys well, comfortable are. Yeah, because you end up doing what you say it's confidential and after having one good experience and that's passed on and passed on and people understand that it's working because it's still effective yeah absolutely good some of us that have been through it don't mind sharing hey that's the way to go well and it's it's guys like you that have been through it that we can learn off of because the only people that have that experience or know what it's like unfortunately are the people that's been through it we can recreate any scenario at training we want but you will never be able to replicate Kevin Bear's standpoint, your mm-hmm. standpoint, a Jason Keller standpoint, and Matt Roberts and the other guys were involved, you know, rendering first aid. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't replicate that. No. So we sure. need, it's important for guys like you and other guys to be able to talk about it. And and I think it's, you know, quote unquote, part of some of the healing process too. A hundred percent. It's yeah. making lemonade out of lemons. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So some of the other training, there was raptor training. Yep, I just saw videos of that, and then I was like, oh, I missed that. That looked awesome. Yeah, we had raptors, and I, I think that was – that would I, I was bouncing in again, so busy, but I was in it, and we do what's called mew inspections. So basically that's the house for any raptors, um, anybody that participates in falconry here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to go and inspect their mews. And, man, I was talking – I was hearing them talking about condition of birds, and if you're seeing those birds, they're not in the right living conditions. Okay. And that would be such a great thing to know in the back of your mind of like, hey, this is what this bird looks like. So something's wrong in, you know, the mew itself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we had that training. And forgive me because I'm not – I was over the hospitality running around over there. So, But I think we had uh, s- somebody from Maine come and yeah. he was doing firearm investigation. Uh, Bill Livesley yes. uh, from Maine, he did several of those, and he just okay. he put out a book. He was undercover for 20 years, Oh wow, which is unheard of. Yeah. Uh, even he says so. He's like, this is kind of a, yeah. a crazy way, and this shouldn't be done again. Yeah. One of the great trainings that I heard everybody brag about was the migration. Sure. Yeah, Utah. Utah goes pretty, pretty crazy mm. with our collars. We put a collar on pretty much everything that we catch yeah. uh, because we need to learn more about it. Um, one of the associations that we've started working with a lot, one of my biologists up here, um, he's working on studying mountain lions mm-hmm. um, because people don't people don't know much about it. So mm-hmm. the Utah Houndsman Association, great guys that I uh, work closely with, and they support us because they donated a hunt for the last night. But they, I think they've got a goal to catch about 30 lions, and I think they're almost to that goal of catching and putting collars on. Mm. So then we use that th- that collar data to go in and see their migration. Yeah. We had one that was... Um, Houndsmen are doing this, right? Hunters are conservationists. Yes. Yep, exactly. Yes. Yeah, they, they yeah. fronted the beginning of this study by purchasing the collars and everything. Because awesome. they were like, we need to, we need to protect this resource and so we need to learn more about it right. i mean i think the big one of the biggest things with this lion study they learned is they central they uh collared it down in central utah and then that migrated all the way up into wyoming then dropped down and i think it actually died down in south of denver got another helicopter flying yeah, over i think he's doing touch and goes yep 
doing yeah. a little practice. We'll give that yeah. a minute. <laughs> and they are Apaches, aren't they? Yeah, think that was, so, that yeah. Was, that was just a real good guess, Wayne. But That, uh, that was a real good guess because uh, – <laughs> I, I spent a little bit of time at Fort Rucker, but I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that is. Yeah. But that, but they, they studied that lion, and I think it traveled about 1,000 miles, and they have no idea why. But then they also do, like, cougar clusters. So um, if a lion caches that carcass, that it'll send GPS clusters because it takes a GPS point every two hours. Okay. So if it's there for more than two hours, it's probably a kill site mm-hmm. or they were sleeping or something like that. So if yep. they come back a couple days in a row, you know it's probably a kill site. Mm-hmm. So then we hike up to there. Um, I've helped out with that, with, you know, looking at deer. You find out what it killed, yes. how it died. Yep, exactly. Was it, did if it, it find was a scavenge, it, it it? Yep, yep, or if it was a kill. Wicked interesting. So yeah, the, the one right up here, it's actually at a golf course right here. Um, just at the, the foothills at the golf course. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Just right up here. That's actually where I, actually where I, where I turkey hunt. Four. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right where I turkey hunt. Um, uh. you know, it kills a bunch of turkeys, deer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's its main source, but we've got them. They're killing not a ton of them. I think that's only maybe one or two, but they've killed mountain goats, sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like everything from skunks and porcupines and stuff oh, like that. God bless so them. yeah, that's not something that I would want to eat, but, no. but yeah, we do a lot of things. We, I know that we put a collar on a bobcat this, I think it was this past winter that was yeah. in a trap. And then we also did a, uh, Wolverine. Ooh. Yep. So they collared a Wolverine that was up in Northern Utah and uh, it was getting into a bunch of sheep, killing a bunch of sheep. So they trapped it, put a collar on it. In the middle of the winter, it went over the high Uinas, which are like or thirteen thousand foot peaks Jeez. in the middle of winter. And it was it was going, I think, like seventy five miles in a couple of days. You know, for such a small critter to cover so much country. But who would have known? Who would have known? Like we we get so many, and I don't know the the data about how many. Did he say how many? Uh, collared animals we have in the state. It was a big number. I know it's over a thousand. Yeah, I know we have mm-hmm. definitely over a thousand, and I think we kind of lead the West in our collared um, animals. If not, we're kind of tied with some of the other states. But they put a lot of effort into it, and you also mm-hmm. learn a lot. Oh about my goodness! It. Yes. So it's a that's a cool training to go to for sure. Some of the other trainings remind me what what else we had going on. Oh, there was so much. It was like sunrise to sunset with trainings. Oh yeah, yeah. We and tried. Sometimes I'd walk by the room and I'd be like, "Oh, that sounds cool." I'm like, "Oh, it already happened." Yeah, you're or, uh, me being a canine guy. Of course, I was interested. I went to the canine training. So, yep. mm-hmm. Utah Utah canine crew came in and and did a demonstration and talked about their program and nice. and you know being a canine guy, that's my interest. And mm-hmm. and those guys are are killing it, doing a great job and. And uh, it's it's fun to talk to those guys. And the one handler looked at me and he goes, so he goes, you, you know what it's like, hon? He goes, he goes, the frustrating times. And I'm like, yep. I was like, we always say in canines, it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, so those those guys did a great job. They had a pretty good turnout. You know, a lot of the, the, the young kids really like meeting the dogs and mm-hmm. talking about cases that they have worked. And, and you know, I'm biased from the canine side, but I mean, what a great asset to have to your, oh, to what your, a to your wildlife. To I mean, their, their nose is so much better than ours and, and meeting Josh and some of the other handlers in the canines were even a smaller niche when it comes to the wildlife side of things. So mm-hmm. getting to talk to those guys, exchange training ideas, you know, even got the invite to come out and, and train with them a day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I, I specifically remember the canine training. It was great. You guys got a good group of right. handlers and a nice yeah. group of dogs. Yeah, you know? and I, I think one person that deserves the recognition over that is Dominic Barrett. He's a, the sergeant over the Salt Lake City crew. Okay. Um, and he facilitated basically all of that training. So uh, he, he kind of worked, you know, endlessly. It, it, and it was an impressive amount of training yep. for game wardens. Yep. Yeah. He did he did a great job putting that all together, facilitating all that. So right. he and, just deserves that recognition. And bringing Bill Lively in, and he just wrote a book, uh, Let's Go for a Ride. And uh, he was just telling me how he came up with that name of the book because, you know, his the other guy that co-wrote with him, you know, almost every story started, poaching story, with working these undercover is let's go for a ride. It's just kind of neat to have a guy with that, that tenure A and that background for being undercover so long. Yeah, because, uh 
yeah, we're probably not going to see that uh, ever again in his book, Let's Go for a Ride. I think it's uh, something that everybody should pick up and read, and it exposes game wardens to that too, so we can do that. We should, let's, the torch run, right? Ooh, yeah. 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 Let's hit the, the museum. Torch run. We can't talk, yeah. we got to talk about the museum, A, the museum, and it's a fundraiser for it, yep. and the torch run. So, yes. So, I, have you been to the museum, Ethan? I have not. I have not. So, I actually have been there. You what? Uh, yeah, I've been to the. So I actually got to be a guest speaker for a week, and it was after the case you'll hear me talk about later. Yeah, it was after the uh, uh, the big boy case. I got to go up there and I got to talk about our law program, nice. and then uh, discuss that case with people that came in, and uh, and it, it's it's beautiful. Like it's it, you know you you walk out to the back and there's all where, this. Where is it at? So it's in the International Peace Gardens. So it's between North Dakota and Canada. Yeah, because it's in like no man's land, isn't it? It's neutral ground, basically. And it's just dedicated. There's all the game warden books that's ever been wrote are Mm. are in there. You know, some memorabilia and stuff. And then there's also out back every, you know, North America, any any state where an officer has been lost in the line of duty or any province in Canada. And all these plaques are out there. And you can just, you know, as a wildlife officer, I can tell you, like walking through and, and seeing those names, you know, it's, if anybody's ever been blessed enough to walk down Arlington Cemetery in Virginia, uh, it's, it's our version of that. You know, you see all these names etched in stone and it's a humble reminder. And then you can go inside and you can read the stories about the officers and, and what happened to them and different things. And so it, it was, it was neat, you know, with a lot of the, um, wildlife officer shows now that are on TV, you know, a lot of people come to that museum, but it, you, you got it. You got to make that trip, and um, and part of the fundraising and stuff to support that brings us back here to the tour mm-hmm. truck, and yeah. um, and what a good time! So either run that five k or, or just, walk it or walk like it. I did. Yep, and and <laughs> I, I was right there with you this year. Yeah, so I ran it last, and, and that's how we really had a really good conversation on the wax way back from the tour truck. Yeah, too. we had a yeah. great conversation, e- and, even with the the cottonwood and yeah. and everything else. Um, and my son ran it, and my wife walked it very fast. Um, not not in her walking yep. capabilities. So. Yeah, just be glad this guy here didn't run it. Yeah, so in Nash in Nashville, I don't. I, did you not win it in Nashville? Yeah, I won it, and I the <laughs> night the night before we we got a little we wild ne- on we the ne- we networked really late. Yeah, we networked. Yeah. We yep. networked we really networked, late, and then uh, you know everybody that I was talking to was like, "Oh yeah, five k in the morning, I'm gonna win it because just competitiveness." Uh huh. And everybody was like, "Oh yeah, you're." You've been networking too long, yeah. and uh, you know we'll be lucky if you even make it to it. But I got two hours of sleep, woke up, got on that bus. I didn't feel a hundred percent, but there's no way that I was going to lose it. So yeah, I I won it, and I think another Utah officer got second place right behind me. And I ran was, I ran it last year, and um, this year I had had some little injuries, and I I'd elected not to run it, especially at this altitude. I wasn't going to yeah. to try that, but. So Wayne and I ended up walking him, but last year I just remember running a pretty good pace, and uh, before I was like through the first mile, uh, this guy right here was coming back. Hmm. So uh, yeah, man, like anybody out here in Utah that tries to run from this guy, I pity you. You're gonna, you're gonna, <laughs> you're know, gonna I'm go. Waiting. To, you're I'm gonna waiting go to, for that day. You're gonna go to jail tired. I'm waiting for you're that day. You're gonna go to jail tired. I, I heard can a, tell you that. I heard a story one day that I I kind of want to do. I w- I want to try it. I don't know if it's cool to try it, but like. I heard a story about somebody that was physically fit, you know, and somebody was running from him and he was just jogging behind him and the guy would look back at him and be like, is that, is that it? This is it? And you just run until the guy's like, It sounds like okay. Randy Nelson, uh, the <laughs> fisheries officer. He also wrote a book called The Wildest Hunt. He's there and he was a runner yeah. and he talks about doing that. Yeah, so it sounds you know, very similar. Yeah. It's kind of, that would be funny, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I look forward to that day of somebody trying to run from me and be like, oh, you're in for something else. How, how could we talk about the torch run? Like, you know, that that's great and so cool to come out and everybody gets an awesome t-shirt. But that breakfast afterwards? Yeah. Oh, man. So <laughs> that was that was worth it. We worked up the appetite, came back to a solid breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. They, have, they have orange juice, chocolate milk yeah. for oh. drinks, and then they had pancakes, sausage, and eggs. Did you know Sean made me special pancakes? Uh-uh. Yeah, Sean. Shout out to Sean Spencer. He gave, he made me Mickey Mouse pancakes. Oh. oh. Yeah. yeah okay. Special little Mickey Mouse pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you that wasn't his first time doing six, that. You probably stole it from some <laughs> six-year-old. 
Probably. They were made. They were made specifically for me. Sean, yeah. Sean said he's a, he's probably a specialist at that too. Yeah, he, man, Sean does it all. Yeah. Sean does it all for sure. So he's like a mm. professional cake decorator too. He yeah. he made a Jurassic Park cake for his boy last year. So mm. he's he's a pretty amazing dude, an amazing supervisor too. So, yeah. but yeah, we had that, and then. Uh, we also had uh, the Game Warden Skills Competition. Oh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, so I will tell you, as an East Coast guy, coming into oh, coming yeah, into a, a Utah Skills Competition, we were definitely at the dis- a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, I'll just have you know, the Ohio team last year scored the white-tailed deer in, in Nashville exactly to the eighth. I still think we deserve a special award for that. So we, mm-hmm. we, just, we scored it exactly to the eighth. Perfect. However, I'll say that the Utah Skills Competition – um, I had never scored a moose um, or uh, a mule deer. What I'm trying to think of what else is on there. Elk. There was an elk on there. So, so yeah, that. and, uh, and Pronghorn. And, yeah, pronghorn. And then just looking at all the species, the samples of furs and tracks of things that we just don't have. I mean, we were at a clear disadvantage. Yeah. So, so I, but we did not place last. We, 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 that's, that was the main thing, you know, mm-hmm. as long as we didn't place last. But yeah, it was great, and it's so fun because they had an elk antler competition, throwing competition. So where we got to throw elk antlers, um, and we actually we we broke two of them when we actually did that. The Ohio crew did. It's that brute strength, I guess, or something. But Man. so we had they had the fish drop. So for people listening, they took a balloon that had little little fish in it, and they uh, <laughs> to simulate their uh, their aerial stockings. They were and, plastic fish. Yeah, 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 yeah. plastic. Yeah, uh, just, just, just no 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 fish hurt. We did that. <laughs> uh, we we had to load up a a, a fake horse and, and and pack it and run it around an obstacle course and and shoot at an elk target, which I found out that. Uh, I they had to bail me out on that one. I missed the first three, and Keller came in clutch and hit it. I think on the first or second shot. So we did that, and then the trivia, um, and then probably one of my favorites was the the Swan one. So we actually got to get wet on that one. We got to run into what lake was that? Was that Utah, Utah Lake? Utah Lake, yeah. So you know they had some just some fun stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, fun fun stuff, and everybody you know you're kind of harassing each other as you go along, mm-hmm. and. And and it doesn't matter what it would be. It could be who could pick up the most most rocks in this field. And game wardens are competitive, right? Yeah. And when you get state to state, uh, it's even extra competitive. So right. yeah, great job on that. And, and, and but the award goes for best dress to the warden spawns, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, best best uh, they best, had on, best pink shorts. Yeah. yeah, pink shorts. I think with flamingos with on, it. on a skateboard. Yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah, flamingos, skateboards, and then they had <laughs> they had tank tops or wife beaters, as some people call those. Yep. Um, and then it said warden spawn in the front, and yep. then they had big, huge straw hats. Yeah. Like, there's 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 swag, or I guess one of the kids told me it's known as drip these days. Yeah. Not not swag, but but drip. So yeah. their drip or dress, if you will, they knocked it out of the park. They like, did. Those guys, those guys, <laughs> uh, they look great. So yeah, awesome. Good times, man. So, yeah. so now we, uh, I mean, anybody <sighs> listening to this, I mean, yeah. it's hard to put in words. You know, like I'm trying to think of it. Yeah. So, a, everybody that's been share this podcast with people that haven't been so sure. they, yeah. they can see what they're missing so they can schedule in next year. I mean, yeah. so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take over. I'm going to ask you guys a question. So sum up now we in one word, Wayne, oh, this is a tough oh, one. Oh yeah. You, you should have gave me some time to think because, uh, you know, for me, uh, it's an opportunity. I can't. Let me see. What, well, one word. Do it. Network. How's that? Oh, see, yeah. You, I stole your word, huh? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I can see that. Yeah. So that was a good move. I'll go with extraordinary, just because everything is just, you know, just mm. just something fun to do. And, now poor yeah. Chris is over there trying yeah, to think I know, of a new word. Yeah, because <laughs> that's 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 a great thing to do there, and it's yeah. what I do. I think and that's and that's, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Family. Nice. Yeah. I think that I think that network family network, extraordinary. Yeah, extraordinary network and family. And mm. I, and I think that that uh I think that sums up now we and anybody that hasn't gone or anybody that's gone the reason why we 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 scrape and claw to get back is because of that, you know, extraordinary networking family that we got. Yeah. Mm. So. Yeah, I mean it's I mean they need they need new younger officers, you know, like me and 
And you. You can be, you can be young <laughs> yeah, in 10 years. years. No, I'm not going to let him be young. No way. If I can't be young, he can't be young, okay? <laughs> but anyway, you need we, we need to continue this to keep going on. So any yeah. any new officers that are listening to this and like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Noia, but I'm not really interested. Like, take a chance. Go. Yeah. It's it's a riot. It, you know, it's you create lasting relationships that you can either use in a work setting mm-hmm. that you do through networking mm-hmm. or a personal setting that you're going to go out hunting, go fishing with somebody, mm-hmm. plan a trip with somebody, you know, you, you might see well, Chris or you know, and I the other on the thing beach is next time. To have a contact in another state when yep, you get a case totally. going. We, I've, and I've used that already multiple mm-hmm. times. So I've used it for Wyoming. I've used it for Kansas. I've used it for Florida. Yep. And that's just from going last yeah. year. Yeah. So it's and that that right it's there having is that worth contact it. is, is yeah. priceless. It's totally. I met um, one of the uh, main canine handlers at the CCOA Conservation Canine Officers Association when I was in Maine, and uh, he called me up on a turkey case. Said, "Hey, man, we're working this guy's from Ohio." So you just you just never know, and it's cool to be able to put uh, when somebody calls you up, be able to put a face with the name. Totally. So, and I've seen many times at this conference. I know our guys from Ohio. Somebody walk up and be like, "Hey." Yeah, I, I worked this case with so and so, and I'm like, yeah, like he's in my unit, he's in my district, and they're like, yeah, you know, it's a great case, appreciate the help. So, so yeah, I mean, just can't, yeah, can't say enough good things about right. Maui, and we're fortunate to have such a, a yeah. good organization to represent us. Right. And totally. internationally, we, you know, we train hard, we play hard, and we work hard, mm-hmm. and that's what the International Game Warden Association is all about. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for sitting down and having uh, this chat, guys, uh, pr- promoting all those things. We wrapped up a ton of stuff from, you know, Wildlife Crime Stoppers, OGT's tips to the museum, uh, the Game Warden Museum, uh, to now we, uh, uh, it's just, uh, it's a great sit down because all those things wrapped into the event of one week. It's, and, and some of it's extending this week to me for Wildlife Crime Stoppers. But, we're glad to have uh, you. And you guys extended this week, too. Very happy to sit down and have this conversation. That, that Actually, it was Chris Chris's idea. So. Totally. Um, I, I get one a year, Wayne, so. Yeah. Today, today <laughs> well, I'll wait yours. for next year, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, man, it's been great. Appreciate, uh, I appreciate Ethan's hospitality, and I appreciate Wayne here, and um, and we're going to do it again. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. do it again. Till till next time. Till yeah, next till time. Till next time. Thank you.